I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for a big Monday. Buffalo gets crushed. Josh Allen, not so good. Mahomes wins, but he doesn't look all that good. What's going on with maybe the two best quarterbacks or amongst the two best last year? We think we know, and it involves running backs. Speaking of trouble at quarterback, Russell Wilson, is it his finger lingering or is it something that actually started last year? We'll get into that. Monday Night Football, Tampa Bay favored by 11 versus the Giants. Will Tom Brady emerge as the MVP favorite? It's very possible. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. This is Straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas on an extra big Monday, a holiday week Monday, condensed. We got five weeks or five days of shows condensed into three, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And on Wednesday, we'll have the Palooza with all the rundowns of the Thursday games and the Sunday games. Speaking of Sunday games... We got to look at this Sunday, and what a wild week. I mean, this is like the uh, season from the Twilight Zone. Another winning week, five in a row from the pregame.com team at the Super Contest. And, uh, well, I could keep talking about that, AJ, the fan who beats the man, (laughs) but, you know, it would be bragging, and, and I'm not a bragger. By the way, sports bettors, they listen for the money. Well, that's kind of bragging. Sports fans that know more than their buddies. A.J. Hoffman. Thanks, R.J. Great to be here on a Monday where the Steelers and Chargers played a thriller on Sunday Night Football. The Bills' viability as a contender is officially in doubt. We've got Bucks giants for Monday Night Football tonight. But the Vegas lead on a Monday is always, what are the Sharps and the Squares saying? What are they differing on? And something, and we're going to start doing a big three topics. One of them is the squares are squawking, the sharps are saying, and then a big question. Like, what is it that there isn't a clear answer to that matters the most? We're going to start with what the sharps are saying. And this was A.J. Hoffman, the sharp. You can set it up, but you have a theory, and I, I agree with you, about what's happening to the Bills and the Kansas City offense. What's happening is the inability to or the lack of desire to run the football is starting to catch up with these teams that were living on these high flying passing offense. The Bills and the Chiefs specifically last year, unstoppable throwing the ball. And really, they didn't have to run the ball. Nobody was making any kind of adjustments this year. The league has adjusted to them. All right. So let's think about this for a second now. So when you say they didn't have to run the ball, now that went in the face of the history of football. At no years point, and years and years. Yes. Time immemorial, as some would say. Tony Soprano <laughs> says it that way. Is from the beginning, from the school they tore down to build the old school, 
it was about the run set, you know, established a run is the cliche. Now, as time passed and somewhere around 2010, it was like, hey, passing's more important. All right. Back Earl Campbell days, it wasn't more important. Then at some point it became more important, you know, this century for sure. And then now last year it became that running didn't matter. To quote a phrase, running backs don't matter. If you took a running back in the first round, you were ridiculed because running backs don't matter. Now, they didn't matter to the Bills. They didn't matter to Kansas City, though they took one at the end of the first round and got ridiculed for that, you know, two years ago. But the reality is the efficiency of the passing of Josh Allen, especially only his third year last year, and Mahomes, ever since he walked into the NFL, is their efficiency was so high passing that running couldn't compete. It couldn't compete. And unless they, and this is where you said adjustments were not made, unless they were somehow forced to run, they weren't going to run. And all you need to think about is your yards per attempt. A, an average yards per attempt per pass is seven and a half yards. Well, average rushing is what? It used to be 4.0. Now it's like 4.3 maybe. You know, it's up a little bit. Well, let me think. 7.5 versus 4 point something small. Hmm. I think passing is more efficient, AJ. Thus, the, I- question, the question is why not pass every time? And you know what? That's what Buffalo and KC almost did last year. But now, AJ, there's been a change. Yeah, and that's what happens when you try to play football in the analytics room. Eventually, those things change. And I think what the league has done is adjusted. They've made it where we're not going to let you beat us the way that you've been beating us for these last two seasons. You're going to have to do something else. And I think the Chiefs maybe are starting to adjust the last Mm, couple weeks. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, okay, they, 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 you may be right, but they've run the ball 26, 25 times in the last two games, uh, whereas the Bills seem very slow to adjust. And in their two losses, uh, their most recent two losses to the Colts and the Jags, they ran the ball a total of 27 times in those two games. And then stopping the run, which we've talked about modern defenses are saying, hey, run the ball on us. We dare you. For the same reason you just said, the yards per attempt is so much lower. They invite it. Well, the Bill, the Colts said, okay. And they ran the ball 46 times against the Bills defense yesterday, 264 yards on the ground. So what I'm confused by is how could the best team in football, the Bills by A.J. Hoffman, get beat like that? I, I don't have any. The Bills aren't the best team in football. Mm-hmm. Do you know any Bills skeptics? I know one. What's his name? His name's R.J. Bell. <laughs> and do you know any Josh Allen skeptics? I, I know a few, but Josh R.J. Bell leading the, the pack of the Josh Allen skeptics anonymous okay. group. So I just want to make sure. Listen, after all the back and forth, I mean, are the Bills going to make the playoffs? I think they'll still make the playoffs, but they're certainly no longer what we thought they were. What I whoa, thought they whoa, were whoa, a couple. Whoa, whoa. What I thought they were a couple weeks ago, and still the best team in the AFC. You thought they were like yesterday, like 36 hours ago. You thought they were the best team, right? Or the second? I thought they were best. the best team in the AFC, certainly. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because it, unless I'm mistaken, they're like sixth or seventh now. I mean, I know it's tight, but in theory, you look at the Bills; they lose two games to the Pats. And by the way. The Bills are still, what I heard last night, I haven't gotten today's updated number, 
And Mackenzie, if you have it, is I heard Patriots. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, the Bills were minus 150 to win the East. What, what's the update? That is our consensus number. Patriots plus 120. All right. So, I mean, do we want to make a bet here? I mean, how can the Bills? Now, remember, the Patriots are up a half a game. So they're saying not only are the Bills better, they're better to the degree over the Patriots that they should be minus money favorites even though they're down a half a game. Because uh, New England doesn't have their buy, the Bills have take, taken it, so the Patriots have won an additional game. So whatever chance it is the Bills to win that or, or lose that game is literally a game up if they did lose. So let's say there's a 30% chance. So effectively, that's meaningful that, you know, if one team has zero games left and one team has one, that, you know, and if they lose, they're done. If they win, they tie. That's a big deal. So how much better, AJ, do you think the Bills are than the Patriots? Marginally at this point. But you still think they're better. I still think they're better. What the heck have you seen (laughs) that could lead? Like, make that case. Like, explain, like, well, if you saw them against the Houston Texans, like, what else could you say? Uh, there's not much to say. I mean, other so than why say it? Th- because I, I think at some point you still have to look at what their pedigree is, what they what, what we thought they were pedigree? coming into the season. One, they were one in the AFC te- Championship last year. One team's pedigree is seven Super Bowl or uh, or six, I guess, for them. Six Super Bowls in 20 years, and the other's pedigree was a bunch of losses. They make the playoffs one year and get bounced in the first round, and then. They won what? One playoff game? Or I guess they were uh, they had to beat the Colts first. So they won two playoff games last year. Yes. That's that's the pedigree? With a Josh Allen with one good year and two and a half well, let's call this year average. So he's had two bad years, one good year, and an a- an average partial year. So I th- that's fair. That's a fair assessment. And Josh Mac Allen. Jones has, let's call it you know, I think Josh Allen and Mac Jones probably have had a comparable year. So whatever we call Josh Allen, let's call Mac Jones. But you know what? He has zero bad years. Agreed. So in a weird way, you'd rather his average is better. Mac Jones over Josh Allen. It certainly is. Yes. So I'm just thinking it's just one of those, like, we're afraid to bat it, bats. But I just don't – I agree with you. I usually err towards – the priors mattering. And this is the debate. If all that matters is this year, if we don't think anything before this year matters, New England is better than Buffalo. You agree with that, right? Yes. The performance this year has been better, especially yes, trend lines. Now, if you take priors, which most serious good handicappers do, even this late in the year, now the question is, what is the Bills prior? Because if it is, they were supposed to be one of the best teams, and thus this is an aberration. If they had won this game, there'd be no one questioning them, which is true if you think about it. If they won this game, you'd be like, Bills all the way, baby. A lot of people would be saying, I'd still be skeptical, but I'd have less ammunition for sure. But I just think the idea of this team having this, these great priors, it was one year. And I know that the, 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 the most recent year is the most important year, but 
they got a lot of new faces. I mean, the theory was they're much better on defense. I don't, I don't know how good. If all that happens to the Bills is the adjustment of the defenses starts to hinder their offense, and we'll explain exactly those adjustments in a minute, and if the defense isn't near as good as it seems, but it's more or less kind of like last year, but a little bit better. So last year, the Bills were like 22nd, let's say, in defense. Let's say they're 14th. If the Bills are 14th at defense and, I don't know, 10th at offense because of the adjustments and such, that's not near a Super Bowl team. That's probably the way they've played, to be honest. Yeah, they were better off last year when they were two on offense and bad on defense. Yeah, I agree with that. But I also think that's just the way the NFL these days, right? Um, but we also thought early in this season when it looked like their offense was still it was still right and their defense was improving, we were like, man, if they're if they're fifth offense and they're fifteenth defense, then they're a real contender because their defense is markedly improved from last year. But now it's starting to look like even if the defense is improved, the offense is not. It's not dropped from second to fifth. It's dropped further than that. And what I would say is we're not sure about the defense at all, and we're not even sure about the offense. I mean, it could be 12th. I don't know. But, I mean, what I'm saying is I I don't think people realize how bad Josh Allen has played against good competition. And this is an example. Even 10 weeks, 11 weeks into the season, in the NFL, you have to consider strength of schedule more so than almost anyone. Like, only the less than 5% of people picking games is doing that sufficiently. And, I mean, look at the Steelers last year. Though some of it was injury. A lot of it was strength of schedule. And that's why Philadelphia, a team we're going to be talking about soon, is very important because their strength of schedule is very advantageous if you're looking to play them to make the playoffs, which I might be. So let's put that bet off to the side for a minute. Maybe we'll make it by the end of the show on the Patriots. AJ, we started to explain it. Let's make sure we say it super clear. I may have interrupted. Who knows? I'm already <laughs> we're straight out of Vegas. Is This is my understanding of what the defenses are doing. And tell me, you know, you can augment it. Is... They're saying – the thing I didn't agree with when you said was, oh, Kansas City's running the ball more. Yeah, that means they're making an effort to do something to counteract what the defenses are doing, which is generally playing the two high safeties. You've probably heard that. And which is like – they're playing center field. Well, really, one's on left, one's on right. And some teams – and this is something I hadn't understood till this year. Some teams can't play too high. Like the Seattle Seahawks cannot play too high safeties because Adams, who, by the way, where's his pick going to go that they traded for him? Adams can't play free safety. He is a box safety, which means he's half a linebacker, half a safety. Right. So certain teams can't do it. So we can sit and say, oh, the Raiders – they made a mistake not doing that. And they probably did, but hey, they have what was that guy's name? Abraham Abrams? Abrams. That big safety that is a box safety. How do you now how you either he's off the field or you're not playing too high? Because he's gotta be it's gotta be split safeties as they call it. So well, also if you have corners who can't play man, 
you can't really play a cover two either. That's part of it too. That and that's part of it that the Raiders didn't do, even when they did try to go too high, was play man. Because now in theory, you get the best of both worlds. On the outside, you're not giving up the easy pass, but you're also not giving up the long ball because you got protect safe. You know, you've got uh, people backing you up back there, right? So the safeties. So it's a, but the middle of the field, if they can beat them off the line, the man to man, there's a lot of room to roam. They won't get the, the long ball, but they have like 12 yards, 15 yards. So to me, running's important. But what, how many points did Kansas City score? They've yet to effectively, how many games in a row is it? In which the team and and the Cowboys didn't even go classic too high all that much either, but they did something that was they tried to emu, they tried to do something that simulated the effect with their personnel, so that wasn't even a pure too high, and yeah, the defense looked great, but how would you rate rate the offense, AJ? The poor. It was it was. I mean, Mahomes didn't score a touchdown. So other than the Raiders. You know, just going in and being seemingly brain dead to how to stop this team now. They played them pretty much like they did last year, where no one had this insight, right? So, other than that, when's their last good offensive game? You got to go back six weeks, probably. Okay. And we're only eliminating one game, right? We're not saying, well, that one wasn't it either. So. They've had one good offensive performance in six weeks. Yeah, it seems like they're they're cognizant, the Kansas City Chiefs are, that they got to do something other than what they did last year. But is it's not working yet. Right? Yeah, you'd have to go back to week six against the football team. They scored 31 points in that game. So here's my conclusion. Kansas City could be the best team in football. Or they might not even be a playoff team. And here's the scenarios. Scenario one is the offense is turned around and it's trending that way. Maybe you haven't seen the results fully yet, but hey, everyone's saying it. The squares are squawking that they're back. So maybe it's true. I'm skeptical. But if it is, and if that defense is this good, it's not just a short sample size, it's not just aberration variants no they're this good they're a top seven i mean you could make the case what they've been top 10 defense for sure for what three weeks yes all right if their defense is this good and their offense is turned around kansas city's the best team in the nfl do you agree with that aj i it's hard to disagree with it they're certainly the best team in the afc if that's the they're case. the best team in the nfl who could compete with the the offense from last year with kc that has a better defense by like two levels it, tampa no no kansas city was favored against them with 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 a bad defense and that's a kill in a no line that was decimated now i know it wasn't the right line but how? What would it be if they had a rematch? Pick them. So now you improve the the defense significantly, and you improve the offense because the O line's better. Again, this is a hypothetical, but I think Tampa is clear or is clear underdog to them in that scenario. In that scenario, I don't think it's that scenario. But imagine the worst scenario: the offense is bad because of the, they can't adjust, they just can't do it. So it's average, let's say. And the defense is more what we saw early in the year, but maybe a little better. 
So now you might have the 18th, 20th best offense and like the 23rd best defense, and you're not a playoff team. I don't think we know for sure which of those two extremes is true or is one true and one false, and that's their playoff team that probably gets eliminated very early, which is statistically more likely because two extremes is not as likely. What would you guess is the truth? My guess is that the Chiefs are going to make the playoffs. They are not the best team in the league, like we like that scenario says. But so, I think their offense gets good enough, gets right enough that they make the playoffs. So the offense is more true that they're back than the defense. Yes. All right. Stay tuned, as they say. And stay tuned for us. We're going to keep going through the biggest stories of the week, including Russell Wilson. Is it time for him to retire? That was a quote. We'll see. All that and more coming up next. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm AJ Hoffman. In just a minute, we're going to take a look at Russell Wilson and decide which Russell Wilson is the real Russell Wilson at this point. Jumbo first segment with a jumbo conversation about the evolution of the NFL. A couple years ago, it was pass, pass, pass. And now it's, hmm, we're going to sit so far back and play the pass so much, you've got to run. And to me, it's one of the great things about the NFL. It's like chess with 300-pound men and violence. It's, the old saying when I was growing up was, it's not a uh, contact sport, it's a collision sport. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, that doesn't sound fun to me, but it's fun to watch. And if you think about it, I don't think it's these teams, the Bills and Kansas City can't do what they know they need to do, which is matriculate the ball down the field patiently. Don't take risks. Just take the easy five, six yards. I mean, do the math. Five, six yards, five, six yards, a lot of first downs. Now, Mahomes maybe has a bigger problem with it because he's just so impatient and he has so many years of proving he doesn't need to be patient. It's kind of a weakness for him to admit that he does. I think Josh Allen's going to be easier to figure out or, or to do it but over the midterm. But you know why I don't know if either team really can? It's their entire DNA is wrapped up in the concept of we pass, we entice the run on defense. We want them to run. We never want, we rarely want to run. That's in their blood. That is their DNA. In fact, it's the most dominant thought of Andy Reid the entire time in the NFL, especially him passing. And it's the Bills mantra. It's what the Bills are. And all last year, no one under or hardly anyone in the mainstream media understood it. And they were saying, Bill's got to get better against the run. No, they're trying to give up those yards. I mean, they'd rather stop that and stop the pass, but they're saying we're not light box. You can't keep up with us that way, buddy. So to me, AJ, when it's both your offense and your defense that has this ethos, this 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 principle, how do you change it in the middle of the season? 
it, it, I don't know that you can in the middle of the season. It, it, this has to be like a philosophy change that's made. And I think the league, adjust, the, the league as a whole said, you know what, we're going to, to make it where it's difficult for these teams. Whereas the Bills, what they worried about in the offseason is we've got to figure out a way to beat the Chiefs. We've and got to out-chief that. the Chiefs. They did that. All right. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. That's because of you, and you've got my sincere thanks and my sincere promise that we're going to keep working extra hard to provide the best show we can within our limitations. AJ's limitations are pronounced mine. You know what? Pronounced too. (laughs) We all got them. Our foibles are limitations, no doubt. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas here in Vegas on the Strip. 70 degrees. The neon is chugging. Real quick, dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution in America's number one battery destination. All right, RJ, let's take a look at Russell Wilson, who put up a 22.4 QBR in a horrific game against the Arizona Cardinals with a backup quarterback. The Seahawks fall to 3-7 and seven this season. What is wrong with Russ? Well... Someone was a skeptic of Russ coming in the year. You remember, AJ? I do remember. You were adamantly against it. Uh, I was adamantly against it. I said, I, I don't know that we can take, take these eight games, uh, you know, the worst eight games of his career and say, well, this is what he is now. But I also think it's starting to look like you were onto something. I wasn't sure, but I thought it was more possible than people thought. And... I think there's a couple of possibilities here. One is that last year was something, and we don't know what, and we don't even have to figure it out because we can't. But the second half of the season, by various rankings, he was in the 20s. Russell Wilson was in the 20s. First half, he was an MVP candidate and still no MVP votes. Now, rightfully so at this point. Now, this year... Let's, let's quantify how he played up till the injury. So, McKenzie, how would you quantify Russell Wilson's play this year up until his injury? Very good. Excellent by some metrics. PFF had him second. EPA 14th out of 35, more middle of the pack. Traditional stat that we like, yards per attempt, 9.5. He did lead the league before going down. So what about QBR? QBR, he had an average of 61, which would be top 10 in the league currently. So top 10, so like 10th? Yeah. Okay. So regular EPA, 14th, 10th. Now, pro football focus, PFF, is more about or is all about grading his performance on any given play. If he goes back, throws a perfect pass, and it's dropped, he gets a plus grade. Right? So it tries to abstract out the performance of those around him. It doesn't do it perfectly. Nothing could, but it, that's the effort, and it's valuable numbers. Okay. There's two ways to look at this. One is last year was the beginning of the downturn. You look at this year in aggregate, he's down. And even if you look pre-injury, 10th, 14th, down. It's down. You can say excellent. It's not. It's down. So that's, that's a definition of slightly above average. Russell Wilson, some thought, was the best quarterback in the NFL entering last year. Remember, Aaron Rodgers had been, or Mahomes and then Russell Wilson was, a lot, in fact, the consensus opinion. That's not 10th and 14th. 
So one way to look at it is, hey, bad second half of last year for Russell Wilson. Slightly above average till he got hurt. And then it's been horrible. And this is a precursor to his aging. Right? Because, hey, he's a little, his finger hurts. Oh, look out. He can't play anymore. <laughs> oh, because he, when he slows down, it's going to be the same kind of thing. Okay. The other thing to say is last year was whatever it was. It was fluky. It was scheme. They fired the OC. The beginning of this year with a new OC, they were going to be hindered because it, it takes time to evolve. And thus, when it was just him being graded, he's top two or, or three at PFF because it doesn't matter about the offense. It doesn't matter about the integration. How well does he get back and throw the ball? But if it, you look at the team stuff, it wasn't great. But you know why? Because they were getting used to the new offense, and that was going to keep trending up. And by the end of the year, he'd be right there, top three or four quarterback. But lo and behold, fate hammers on his hammer finger. And, <laughs> lo, and lo and behold, now we're seeing a hobbled and compromised Russell Wilson has nothing to do with his truth. Yeah, We're going to ask AJ which one of these he thinks it is. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, I'm AJ Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Mr. Dan Byer, do you have a moment, sir? Yes, RJ. All right, so you said Jared Goff is limited today? That's how the Lions listed him on their practice report. He's always limited. <laughs> Number two. Uh-huh. Number two, I want to tell you something. One of the things I love about Fox Sports Radio is you guys are so judicious about when you interrupt the shows, you know, with breaking news. Because you could act like it's break- like CNN during the election has breaking news every second, right? But you guys do it very judiciously. And I, for one, I can't speak for AJ. I, I really always respect that. I appreciate that. It's always crazy when stuff pops up, especially when you're, you know, in the middle of something. But so we try to make it work with you guys. But, but it's and it's frustrating, hopefully... I'm sure, if if the host doesn't throw it to you, right? Ah, it's it's <laughs> it's. Uh, we we can figure out a way to make it work. You guys were making some hay in that first segment, so we just uh, slid it under the bell at the uh, the end of the segment. I let AJ have the the head chair today, and hmm. all right, thanks, I blew it. Mr. thanks, Dan. Sorry, Dan. No, no worries. <laughs> I'm RJ Bell. That's AJ Hoffman. The bad I guy. Even, I didn't even tell him, AJ, that you said, what are they going to do? <laughs> I don't remember saying that. I mean, really, that's ultimately the question. What are they going to do? <laughs> All right. You got 90s. Yeah, you know, a little less than 90. What's the answer? Russell Wilson, is it the injury or is it more? I think it's it's mostly the injury right now. Are you I really going to hedge? Are you really going to hedge this? What I, I mean, I... I I think it's. I think there is some of what you're saying. I think that there is some drop off. I don't think it's to this extreme. I think the Seahawks rushed him back because they were in a situation where their season was getting away from them, and he's clearly not ready to be back. Just because you could tell his numbers even at the beginning of this season, then post injury are night and day. He's bad since the injury. So I, I'm going to give him some grace on the injury, but I'm with you that I don't think we're going to see elite level Russell Wilson Why? anymore. But what is the cause? Is, is it, it can't be age. He's too young. I, he, he is too young, but I, I, there's something to. Are you to, blaming his wife? Uh, <laughs> that was a you, joke. Well, that's something I tend to do is anytime there's a problem with a player, I blame his right, wife. Edit, Baker edit, Mayfield edit, right uh, now. Uh, uh. <laughs> All right, let's take our final break. <laughs> his comments are not necessarily those of anyone else. 
<laughs> Let's take our last break. When we come back, Monday Night Football, Vegas preview. You got a prop bet, AJ? I've got one. This guy's been red hot on his best bets. That's coming up next. And he's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Let's take a look at Monday Night Football. The Buccaneers trying to break a two-game losing streak. 11-point favorites at home against the New York Giants. Okay, so AJ, tell us your prop best bet record this year. Ooh, McKenzie has a better idea of it than I do. It's either 12 and 3 or 13 and 3 now. Oh, listen to this. Oh, I can't be bothered to keep my 80% record straight. <laughs> I just cash tickets. I don't count the money. Oh my gosh. That's that's incorrigible. <laughs> in fact, I'm not even going to let him say what it is because of that. But I would stay tuned. It's, it's strong. It, oh, there you go. Now he's, he perks up. He per- you know what's interesting? By acting like you don't know, it gets talked about for a while. That, that's a clever thing to do. Maybe we just won't ask you next time. Stay tuned, though. He's got one coming. It's probably an over somehow. All right. I think that a stat that a lot of people, a trend, a lot of people are going to poo-poo on this game is a big one. So Tom Brady after nap time or without a nap or maybe say it like this, night games. And you might think I'm crazy. A grown man can't play a night game? Well, one thing we know is Brady's a man of routines. And let's bow down to his routines because they've allowed him to transcend aging in a way. Not forever, but for a while, longer than anyone ever And I'd make the case in any sport, who's ever relative to the ages of that sport, right? Like tennis, uh, you know, has a certain age of people get old. Every sport does, right? Some might be fit. Like UFC, AJ, it's what? Usually what? Mid-40s? Mid-40s, you're done. Yeah, but people go later there than they do in like football, right? Yeah, some guys do, but mo- like that's starting to go away as young guys are coming in, starting yeah, so earlier. Every, yeah, every sport has its say. Brady's probably beat his. I mean, you could say George Foreman in a way, but boy, I don't. You know, it's like Brady's right there on the Mount Rushmore of that. But part of his routine is he goes to bed early. So how do you think he does at night games when the third and fourth quarter is happening? You know, midnight or eleven o'clock, <laughs> his biological clock time. Or I guess his, yeah, I guess you call it his internal clock. Mackenzie, we got the numbers. With the Buccaneers, Tom Brady at night is 0-7 against the spread, negative 11 ATS margin. So seven times he's played a night game with Tampa Bay. If you bet on him, you would have won zero times. And you would have lost by double digits against the spread. So if you would have been given 10 points for free, you still wouldn't have a winning record. Think about it. Just dismiss that. There's a chance that it's complete small sample size, that it's meaningless. It's pure nothing. And there's a chance it means something. Let's say it's 30% that it means something. 
you still can't bat it. Because if it's 30% that it's 10 points or more effect, then you can't bat it. So to me, I, no one's going to say it like this, and they're wrong. Because you don't have to know for sure something. If I told you there's a 50% chance this game's fixed, and here's the team, you've got to bet that team. Because 50% of the time, you're going to win almost always. And 50%, there's no fix, so you're going to win about half the time. Right? Well, this is that same concept in reverse. AJ, what do you think of that conceptually? And then we'll get to your best bet. Uh, no, I, I agree. I, th- I think that at this point, at a guy his age, there's no way to pretend like him going outside his normal routine isn't yeah, a big deal. I don't even know how logical it is. I know it's 0-7, right? <laughs> I mean, if you, to I guess whenever you have the big enough numbers, you don't have to care about logic. But here it's not big, and the 0 and 7 isn't, though an 11 point ATS margin is huge. Right. right? That's, it just I mean, so happens the, uh, the Bucks are 11 point favorites tonight. Yeah. Well, which means that the, 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 the average score in this game would be right around the game being a coin flip, the game, because they've been off by about 11. So think about that. That's how big of a difference it is. Tampa Bay being almost a sure win by some people's minds versus a coin flip, that's what 10 points or 11 points is. All right, AJ, you went one and one on your best bets last week of the sides. Nebraska won. South Alabama lost. By the way, Ohio State won, won, won. We'll be talking about that tomorrow. <laughs> but you've been red hot, something over 80%. You can't remember best bet tonight. I'm going to go with New York Giants wide receiver Kadarius Toney over mm. 44 and a half receiving yards. Sterling Shepard's been ruled out again, and I assume the Giants will be playing from behind. So game script should dictate for passing all night against a Bucks secondary that's vulnerable to big plays. Tony averages seven plus yards after catch per reception this year, making one of the more explosive wide receivers after the catch in the league. Without many other options on offense, especially you can't run against this. Bucks defense, I would expect to, for him to be an offensive focus tonight. So Kadarius Tony, Giants wide receiver, over 44 and a half receiving yards. I gotta say that was one of your finest moments. You took the the read and just flawless at a high pace. It didn't sound hurried. Then you segued right in and were almost perfect. I mean, like literally, it was like you could have recorded it 30 times. AJ, that was that very good, my man. You, you the, listen. My tutelage is really making a difference. I think I appreciate it, RJ. That means quite a lot. <laughs> All right, so you got his best bat. Personally, I don't want the Giants here because you got Brady so focused and the Bucks so focused. When you play an underdog, you want to hope that there's a chance of the favor being lackadaisical. I think that chance is zero. Thus, I'm passing. And AJ's handicap doesn't make a ton of sense to me. But he's been winning. (laughs) All right, guys. If you missed any of today's show, including a conversation about if Russell Wilson is done for good, check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We will be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 